just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. Uh, this is a special edition. Uh, let's just say a reoccurring edition of the Rational Boomer Podcast. It's a little different because we have along with us this time uh, Ed, who's been coming on frequently with the Rational Boomer Podcast and uh, adding some different perspective than just having to listen to my shit all the time. He's a little older. He's from the South. He's living in the South. He might be a little more liberal than I am, but he offers some valuable perspective, and it's a fun show to do. So that's why we're fucking doing it. It's fun. Anyhow, Ed, you uh, were a little late coming to the uh, to the recording here because you got distracted. You're a lot like my dog and my wife. My dog always got <laughs> distracted by squirrels. My wife gets distracted by cute houses. And you had a distraction this morning. Yeah, we've been, uh, we have a, a porch just outside the living room where we spend a lot of time, frankly, this time of year. But uh, we have these brick columns. And at the top of them, these Carolina wrens had uh, built a nest. And there were four fledged of floor babies in there. Well, this morning, three of them flew off with the parents, leaving one little guy behind. And my wife's been very worried about him. Because yeah. he tried to fly off and, and hit a railing, and then he's been just sitting there for a while. Now, the mother just came back to check on him, and I think eventually he'll take off. But that that kind of got in the way of my getting in here on time. And, and she was going to send me out in the yard to hunt bugs for him. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Do you, do you realize that you sound like fucking Andy Griffith here? I do. And I'm the Andy Griffith show. Yeah, I got to explain to Opie that nature's a motherfucker sometimes. Yeah, you got to get your Sunday go to meeting clothes on, but head down to the A&P to get you some good stuff for a big Sunday dinner. You guys do that? Uh, well, I, when I was a kid, we did, uh, we don't have an A and P, we have a food city. Now, when I was at C, when I was a kid, this was a bustling little town. We had, uh, one, two, three, four different, uh, five actually supermarkets, uh, what they called supermarkets back then. Nothing compared to what we have today, of course. Now we've got one and a half, um, the business is kind of dried up once the Walmart came to town. So uh, that's pretty much uh, we got Walmart and Food City now and a whole shitload of dollar stores and family dollars. and uh, You name it, it's got a dollar in it. We have it. And that's insane to me. I don't know why why they build them all you know, within five feet of each other. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. They do that with a lot of things. We have uh, these gas station convenience stores, and we have this place. We have the same store right across the street from one another, both gas stations, both convenience stores. And I always said, why the fuck do you do that? And every time I ask, because they're owned by the same person, they go, I don't know. Seemed like a good idea. I don't know how that's a good idea, how that's You're maximizing. From, your yeah, and I'll take this dollar out of one pocket and put it in the other what yeah. it seems like to me the other Fuck phenomenon it. i see down here you can be driving out in the hinterland i mean there's not a house within 
30 miles, it seems, and there's a dollar store just sitting there in the field, you know. And the thing is, the parking lot's full. So yeah. I don't know what's going on here. I, I never shopped there, so I don't know. Maybe they, maybe they've got, you know, booze and women in there. I don't know. For all I know, you well, know, you know gambling. <laughs> I, I go to Dollar Tree frequently, um, mainly because um, it's it's cheap and easy for some things. I mean, you're not going to go buy food for Sunday dinner there. But if you need toothpaste, if you need deodorant, you need paper towels, you need toilet paper, and you need it in a hurry, the Dollar Tree is pretty easy to do that. Now, of course, the Dollar Tree really isn't the Dollar Tree anymore. They've raised it to a dollar twenty-five, and it always amazes me when I'm in there. Somebody complaining, "Well, I can't believe you raised it twenty-five percent. It's now a dollar twenty-five." Listen, dude, you got a ten-pack of toilet paper for fucking dollar twenty-five, just appreciate that and move on fuck well you know the, this is the thing i i uh, gotta realize that here where i live the median income per year is around 30 grand which is uh, well below poverty right and and you got to figure too that about half the people make below that right you know so uh so a dollar store is uh, is an essential here now they they don't realize they're getting a smaller size than they get at Food City, for example. Um, so you know there's adjustments. They're not saving as much money as they think they are by going to to uh, Dollar Tree and Dollar Store, but they they are here and they're fulfilling a, a function. You know they don't have fresh fruits and vegetables or anything like that. It's going to be frozen and processed food, and and the people who are, are going to show what they eat, if you know what I mean. Well, you know, when you're at that stage, it's not so much about uh, the, how much you get for your dollar. It's about how many dollars you have in your pocket. You might be able to get a better price on canned goods and maybe get a bigger canned good or a bigger box of pasta or something like that. But if you only have $5 in your pocket, you've got to stretch it as far as it can go. That may mean that people are eating less than they would normally would if you went to a bigger thing it's all about how much money they got in their fucking pocket and when you don't make much money you don't have much in your pocket and trust me i know all about this because i've been there i've gone through periods of time where i didn't have a lot of money and i had to make the choice well i want to do this but i can't afford that so i'll just skimp it down a little bit get it from dollar tree or wherever i got it from at that point just to get it done you know people are just just adjusting to whatever their current situation is in yeah and i i realize times are hard right now and it uh, one anecdote i've got to share with you there's a church near me i walk my dog by it every day and they have what they call a blessing box out front and it's like a cabinet and if you open it it has the canned goods it has the uh, mac and cheese and things that the members of the church put in there for uh, needy folks to come by and fill out their, uh, you know, weekly grocery shopping and may be their weekly grocery shopping. But uh, as I say, I walk by there every day and it's not unusual for me to see a guy pull up in a $60,000 pickup truck, hop out, grab a couple of boxes of mac and cheese and take off. Really? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I see that all the time. But then I also see, you know, people walk up uh, that obviously have no other means of transportation. But uh, it, it's, uh, 
when you consider how much it takes takes to run that truck, that's where most of his money is going right now. So I understand that, you know, people are having a hard time and uh, uh, they're having to readjust a lot of their habits to deal with, uh, you know, price of gas doubling or more. Um, we uh, Fortunately for me, I drive a hybrid, so yeah. uh, it doesn't affect me uh, right. nearly as much. Right. But uh, but I understand that other folks, you know, prefer their their gas vehicles. But, you know, this is the free market at work. I'm sorry. You can't blame any particular person. It's a worldwide phenomenon based on the slowdown from the pandemic and the slow recovery and the slow uh, pipeline of all of the the goods and services and uh, everything that went on. It's a recovery going on right now. We should just jump right in and mention it. Good news today, inflation's down a bit, still 8.3%, which is high, but it's going in the right direction. Well, ultimately, whatever goes up must come down, and we've had inflation before, and it will come down. There are reasons why we have inflation. As much as the Republicans would like to make you think it's Joe Biden's fault, it's not. It's not the Democrats' fault. It's not the Republicans' fault. It's just the situation we're in now we had the pandemic now we have the war and shit is going up gas is going up but it will come down i said something earlier to you when we were off uh, off air uh, i said uh, god help the republicans if inflation comes down by november because that's all they got to bitch about yeah exactly and uh, i do fault them somewhat because they're not doing anything to help it i mean there is just like i said it's the supply chain problems it's the the close down from uh, um the, the pandemic and so forth that that's what got it started but there's proscology going on we know that corporations are taking advantage of this they're getting record profits they're doing stock buybacks they could lower prices. All it would take would be the Democrats and the Republicans together to say, uh, come on, guys, um, you can't do this or we're going to come after you. You know, we're going to hit you with a windfall, windfall profit tax. And with that threat, you would see the prices drop so quick your head would spin. Yeah. yeah. Just just off topic real quickly. You mentioned those blessing boxes in your in your town. I'd never heard of that before. I'd seen the libraries, the free libraries and all that stuff. Yeah. But I'd never seen the blessing boxes. Now, I live near a pretty wealthy community, one of the more wealthy communities in the metro area. I'm not in it, but I'm near it. I'm wondering, fuck, maybe they got blessing boxes. Maybe I can go there, pick up a little cheesecake, maybe some truffles, maybe a ribeye. Who fucking knows what they put in their blessing box? Well, that, that you might check on that. I, I will say that I think the Presbyterian Church runs like a, a breakfast brunch kind of thing uh, for poor people. I do see people going there. I, I don't know that for a fact, but that's just my impression by the, the people I see coming and going. And once again, this is when I'm walking the dog. So uh, they're doing something there. We have another charity in town that has a regular um, everyday free meal if you want to go in there and, and get that. So uh, people aren't starving here uh, if, they're, if they you know want to, to go to these places. Uh, it's, uh, they're taking care of their own here, which is uh, we're taking care of our own, uh, which is a good thing. But, uh, you know, some people would rather die than show up at a place like that, too. Well, you're, you're absolutely right. And there, there, there's a community right near here. Well, maybe 
15 miles away. It's kind of in between where I live now and where I used to live. And uh, they have a food giveaway every month. There's vegetables, there's fruit, there's some canned good, there's some bread, there's some milk, that kind of thing. And uh, my wife says, we should go over there. I go, what are you talking about? We have enough money to buy this stuff. And the, the thing is, these people are encouraging people who need it to come by, certainly. But they want everybody to come by because this is stuff they have that is going to go bad if they don't get rid of it. So they don't care if you're rich or poor or whatever. Here's the food. Come and take it. And it is a little disconcerting going there when you really don't need it. I feel like I'm taking it away from somebody else. But the fact is, after it's all said and done, they still have a lot of waste that they got to give away, throw away. It's crazy. It is, and I, I, I believe some cities have started requiring restaurants to, instead of throwing stuff in the dumpster, to uh, send it to a central location where it can be redistributed. Uh, things, you know, the vegetables that they're going to throw out because they're not going to make it another day, or they just don't look good anymore, but they're still, uh, you can still eat them without any problem. I encourage that, of course, because... Uh, uh, no matter how great the economy gets, there's all, always going to be some poor folks. And um, just because the economy's booming is uh, no reason to think that everybody's being included. And in fact, you know, there's uh, generational poverty is a real problem around here. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's just, it goes, you can see it. Uh, kids who were poor when I was a kid, their grandkids are poor now. It's really hard to break out of that in rural communities for some reason, uh, largely because uh, the jobs aren't here and the jobs that are here don't pay very much. So right. if uh, if your dad's working for minimum wage or your mom, more likely, um, and getting some help from the government, you're probably going to wind up doing the same thing unless there's an intervention of some kind. And unfortunately, around here. Folks are not big on the social safety net. They don't like the government all that much. And, uh, for well, they just never got over the Civil War is what it comes right. down to. Right, exactly. But uh, um, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of folks who just, they don't have access. They don't know how to access things that would help them. Yeah, there are people who, who, who have been misinformed their whole lives. And uh, they just refuse to believe anything that comes from the government. And I get that. I don't believe a lot that comes from the government. But but I've got a theory. You know, we have people like you and I and people listening to this audience. And then we have the people that are the Trumplifucks. And I, I was listening. I was thinking about this. And I was saying, what's so different between the people who are using common sense and logic, not even so much partisanship, and the people that are the followers of Trump and all the conservative evangelical shit. And, and it's definitely in my mind, and see if you agree with this, it, it's, it's, a, it's about mentality, intellectuality. The people that are like us or people like those listening to this are confident enough in themselves where they and motivated enough to look for facts, truth, righteousness, they'll discern it and they'll decide what's right because they feel comfortable and they trust their own thought process. And they know enough, like you and I and all the people out there, know enough you can't trust everybody. So you got to 
you know, make some accountability to those folks that even though they look good, they may not be good. We know enough to understand that. Now, on the Trumplican side, it seems to be, and I don't mean this as an insult, but this is a fact, that they're more weak-minded. These are people who idolize and, and worship people who are rich, have positions of power, have positions of authority, and they look up to them. And they're too lazy to read anything, to investigate anything, and they look up to these people so much that they will believe anything that they say. Now, the people who are feeding them this information aren't stupid. There's no question about it. But they're aware enough to understand that these people are stupid enough to believe them. So they use that to their advantage. And then they form media companies that reinforce that bullshit. That's why it's so hard for people on the Democratic side of things to understand what they believe. Well, it's all they know. It's all they trust. And it's the people who are in power that they look up to and they just willingly trust anything they say. So then when they argue with us, they seem very confident and very sure about what they're saying, not because they've done any investigation, but because their gods, their lords, <laughs> their supervisors, whoever told them what to fucking think, and they don't have enough wherewithal to actually think for themselves. I think you're like 100% right there. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of history. When I was a kid, I, I kind of grew up going to, to rural country churches, or one in particular. Yeah. And the old folks, the old folks there, they would, uh, they would uh, speak out quite often and say, well, you know, in this life, I don't ever expect to get anything. You know, the rich folks got it all. I'm just going to, I'm waiting for heaven. You know, yeah, God's yeah. going to take care of me. I'm going to get my mansion and all of that. That was it back then. Now we have this, the, the evangelicals going, if, if you have it in this life, it's because you're a good person. You're being blessed because God loves you and he's going to give you riches just like he gave to me. But you've got to show your faith by sending me some seed money. And if you right. send me $10 a month, then he's going to increase that tenfold. Well, I think they say sevenfold. If you give me $10, you'll get $70 back. Before you know it, you'll have your own plane and mansion too. And they buy this. They buy into it. That was the basis of Jim and Tammy. It was the basis for Jimmy Swaggered. It was the the basis for uh, all of those guys you see on TV asking for money. And it's really sunk in. And they really believe that. And they're afraid not to because if they come out and say, well, I haven't got my $70 back. Well, you must not be a good person then. Yeah. God is cursing you uh, with poverty because you're just not a good enough Christian. You better pay about it, pray about it and send me some more money to prove it to God. Yeah. This is the message they're getting. And as you say, they don't get out much intellectually, if you know what I mean. And um, so it, it seems right to them. They see these guys, uh, you know, living in the laps of, lap of luxury. And uh, they'll buy anything. I don't know if you listen to the messages, these people. Uh, they, they claim to be able to work miracles. They can stop tornadoes. They can blow away COVID. <sighs> uh, just like that. And uh, they buy this stuff. 
and the, and it limits them so much and they never get out of it because they don't realize that education is the way out. And sometimes just getting up and getting out of town is the way out of it because if you stay where you are, your chances for advancement are nil if you're that far down. Well, the people who stay in the small towns, and I'm not saying if you love a small town and you want to live there, by all means, but if you live in a small town, you only know what you know. If you don't reach out beyond that, then you don't learn anything. It's kind of like the people who watch Fox News. If I only watch Fox News, then I only know a certain amount of shit. Most of it's a lie, and most of it is a contradictory to the Constitution and, and the betterment of this country. So you do have to get out there and have some confidence and and look and investigate and research and, and explore other things. You know, that's one of the things I always wanted to push with my kids. That's why we went to uh, different vacations at different spots. I wanted them to see what other places were like and what other people were like. The moment you sit back and say, well, they're rich, I'm poor, that's the fucking way it is, I'm just going to deal with it, that's when you've lost life. Because everybody has an opportunity. There are plenty of people who come out of small towns that have gone to be rich and successful. Say Elvis Presley coming from uh, Tupelo, Mississippi. Yeah. Um, I mean, it can be done, but you have to have it within yourself to seek that, to chase that, to go after that. And too many people just want to lay back and have it handed to them. Unfortunately, there's nobody that's going to hand you shit, so you're stuck. Absolutely right. And um, I don't know if you know about J.D. Vance or not. Uh, I, I know enough about him to be uh, a little nauseous and thrown up in my throat a little bit. <laughs> well, he was uh, he wrote a book called Hillbilly Elegy. Right. I saw the movie, and, actually. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's pretty, pretty much uh, pretty true to the book. The um, the people he, these are the people he's talking about. And right. uh uh, they uh, they're low on morals. They are. I mean, this is what he's saying, not what I'm saying. They're low on morals. They're not very bright, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They they shoot themselves in the foot. His own mother was a drug addict. Couldn't get done with it. Uh, his grandmother set her husband on fire because she was pissed off at him and that kind of thing. Now, there's a there's there's a designation for those people down here. It's called white trash. Right. Sometimes it's sometimes it's called trailer trash. I don't like either term because it could have been applied to me when I was a kid. But the difference between my parents and J.D. Vance's parents was that they wanted their kids to do better than they did. There's a phrase down here called getting above your raising. And it's it's uh, it's everywhere. And it's particularly nefarious. It's saying if you do better than me, you're going to look down on me. So don't ever do better than me. And those are the kind of people J.D. Vance came from. So I can understand to a certain extent why he turned out the way he did. He went into the Marine Corps and made something of himself, went to law school, hooked up with, I think, Peter Thiel, the, the right wing millionaire out in California. And uh, he was in the financial industry, even though he's a lawyer, he never was in a courtroom, to my knowledge. Right. But uh, so I can understand the guy to an extent. But these are not. These are not the pe the normal people. These are these are the meth guys. These are the people who are always going to be on the bottom because uh, they don't have a moral core. 
to fall back on. And they've never been taught one because their parents didn't have one and their parents didn't have one just all as far back as you can go. Uh, a lot of them moved out of the hills and went to places like, say, Kokomo, Indiana, and got industrial jobs. But right. then they'd come back here in the summer and drop the kids off and that kind of thing. They kept going back and forth, back and forth. And that's that's something here. It's it's a permanent underclass here. It's a permanent criminal class here. And that's what J.D. Vance comes from. So if you want him to be a senator, you vote for that because that acorn did not fall far from the tree. Trust well, me. Well, and the thing about it is, is, is he was uh, fortunate that he had a little more intellectual capability and he had a talent and he went out there and wrote a book and became a lawyer and, and, and got in finance and stuff. So he, he came out of that era and he made it. And then he decided, okay, I know these people back home are fucking stupid. So I'm going to capitalize that and make my fortune. And instead of being irritated or upset about it, these people look at him as he's one of our own. He was the one that got out. We love him because he is special, but he's fucking abusing these people and they don't even realize it. Exactly. That's exactly the point. And, uh, um, that's all we need to say about him. Uh, and obviously Trump likes him. So that's the big black guy right there. And I'm glad he's the candidate because it's going to make it a lot tougher, um, uh, to, to go up against, is he in Ohio or is he in Pennsylvania? I believe it's Ohio. Ohio. And he's going up against a guy, a Democrat named Tim Ryan. Now right. I've come, I've come to appreciate Tim Ryan. I don't know a lot about him, but I've heard him give some speeches in Congress because he's a rep. And, um, this guy's an interesting guy. He's pretty articulate. He's on track with his thoughts. And, um, uh, I don't know what the, what the constituency is there, if he has a chance or not, or if there's just too many Republicans. But if anybody's going to be the, the contrast to the evil fucking close-minded piece of shit that's a J.D. Vance is, this is the guy that could possibly do it. I hope so. Uh, only 32% of the vote isn't a big, uh, isn't exactly a mandate. That's what uh, Vance was able to come right, up with right. in the primary. Now, um, the other thing about him was up, up until just a little while ago, he was uh, he was not a Trump fan. He called Trump the American Hitler. Uh, he, yeah, uh, exactly. There's all kinds of video of him running down Trump. Now, if they if they just bring that to the surface and keep using it, certainly that should uh, hurt him with the uh, some of the Republicans. But but I don't know. I mean, there's this uh, uh, it's like Jimmy Swaggart. Right. I mean, uh, he didn't try really. I don't know if he ever tried for a comeback or not, but he could have made it uh, if uh, you remember uh, Marjo Gortner. Do you remember him? I do. He ended up being an actor, too. Right. Yeah, yeah, he started out as a child evangelist, and uh, um, then he he wised up and spun off and became an actor and, and did fairly well. Uh, and, but uh, I remember seeing him say, you know, all I'd have to do to go back and be an evangelist again is just tell him that I've... Uh, I've rededicated my life to the Lord. I realized my mistake and, you know, I'm, 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 I'm ready to be his vessel again. He can fill me up with the Holy spirit and I'd be back out on that evangelistic trail the next morning and people would be in my corner more than ever before. Oh, so, absolutely. uh, 
it's it, it's pretty easy to reinvent yourself in in that particular strata. It happens all the time. Even Jim Baker's back on the uh, table. Yeah, and he was trying. What was he selling? Some concoction that uh, cured silver COVID. Solution. Silver yeah. solution. Uh, that's the other thing about these right wingers, and I don't care if it's Steve Bannon or uh, Alex Jones or Rush Limbaugh. They're always going to be selling crap. Um, they're always going to be selling stuff to make you make you a man again and, and uh, to, to cure COVID and put hair back on the top of your head. You want you tune into any other broadcast or podcast. It's always going to be there. You watch. Yeah. Check it out. See if yeah. I'm not right. Well, they got to have some product to sell in order to generate income. Um, and, and you see it all the time. Not that they're probably already generating some income by these vast audiences like with Alex Jones, but it's never enough. So they take these snake oil concoctions and they sell them. And because they trust um, trust these people. I mean, that's the important thing. Yeah. And, I, and I understand it, you know, even on a smaller scale doing what we're doing here on the Rational Boomer podcast or even TikTok. People have come to follow you and listen to you mainly because they trust you. So it's important that you don't <laughs> abuse that trust. You've got to constantly be honest with them. But these people see the money and they say, fuck it. They'll believe anything I say. So I'll just do this. I'll sell them this and they'll buy it because they think they have to have it because I told them to. And it goes back to what I said before. We have these people that, that, that idolize anybody who they perceive as richer, more successful, has more power, has more authority. And then they bow to them and they do whatever they're told. I've told the listeners of this audience, I'm just a fucking guy. There's nothing special about me at all. I'm just the one that happens to be willing to put it out there and talk about it. But I'm saying all the things you want to say, so we're good. I'll do this job, but I'm no different than you. I'm no different than anybody. Honestly, anybody could fucking do this if they wanted to do it. Yeah, all you have to have is an opinion, right? And then right. let's just to pick up on something here, as long as we're talking about business or monkey business anyway. Uh, it seems like the Republicans, who were always the party of business, uh, are shooting themselves in the foot there, too. They're going after big tech. They're going after Disney, for God's sake. Here's yeah. Josh Hawley this morning, who took a break from tanning his testicles to uh, bring this idea that they should strip Disney of all of their trademarks, which is, of course, um, unconstitutional. unconstitutional. Boom. <laughs> you knew it right off. But, you know, he's he's putting a bill in to do this and everybody's laughing at him because he's such a doofus. But, um, you know, and, and he needs to tan his testicles because he's he's a long way from being an actual male human being, I'll tell you. Well, and, and you know, the thing about it is, is this proves something. Didn't he go to Harvard or something? Wasn't he in a Harvard? Oh, yeah. Boston? But it, it just goes to show, regardless of where you go to college or if you go to college, doesn't determine necessarily how smart you are. 
Uh, I mean, I didn't finish college. I went for a year, and clearly I'm a fucking genius, so you don't <laughs> need college to prove. I mean, there's an innate intellectuality that people have, and it can be helped by education and such. But all it's done with, with Josh Hawley is, is pervert his mindset. He thinks he's superior to people, and there's enough people that think he is superior, so they follow his every fucking word, no matter what kind of bullshit he pours out there. Yeah, and when you when you look at the Ivy League, uh, that seems to be the stamp of approval uh, uh, people in a certain strata are looking for. But take Jared Kushner, for example. Jared Kushner got into Harvard simply because his father gave him $2.5 million. And so right, Jared exactly. suddenly was uh, admitted. And this happens all the time. We've seen it all around the country. There was just a scandal a couple of years ago with people, uh, you know, getting their kids into schools by uh, – Hooker by crook, uh, Lori Laughlin being the one who took the big fall on it, uh, yeah. and and the schools cooperating by putting her, I believe it was her daughter, on the uh, rowing team, and uh, she never rowed before. All all she was was a uh, 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 somebody who was on on one of the social medias. She was uh, what do they call those influencer? Influencer, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's all she was, and because mom had money. They paid some money, and she got on the rowing team, even though she's never fucking done it. But that that kind of shit is happening all the time on different levels. Like you say, dad hands over $2.5 million. Sure, we'll accept Jared Kushner, even though he's dumb as fuck. Well, it happened with Trump, too. I mean, uh, I, I don't have the exact skinny on it, but he always tells people that uh, he went to this prestigious business school, which he didn't. He went to the undergraduate program, but he was never admitted to the upper school. Right. So that's a flat line there. And I think it took all dad's money just to get him into the to the grad school. I think it was Penn uh, to the to the uh, the school period, much less the the business school. And Fred's got to be Fred. You know, even though he's dead now, he's got to feel bad about this situation. I paid all this money to get you in school just so you could join me in my business and lose a half a billion dollars. Fucking brilliant <laughs> move. Well, yeah, Fred, uh, for some reason, he always stuck up for him. Uh, uh, Donald's first big foray was a Broadway play, which closed opening night. And yeah. uh, he, he had to eat that. And um, he had these casinos and Fred was in there losing big every night and paying in cash so that, uh, um, you know, he could keep the place afloat. you know, it's, but uh, we all know Trump has been a failure that at literally everything he's ever done, but really? uh, some, somehow or other uh, he's managed to, uh, um, uh, seduce enough people with his name i don't know how it happened well you know the funny thing about fred fred uh was giving loans to donald with regards to the casinos and the one scam the one workaround that they did was not only was was fred going in there and losing uh, but he'd go in there and he'd buy like a half a million dollars worth of chips and then yeah. go home and put them in the basement. Never yeah. cash them in. That way yeah. they didn't have to pay any taxes. It was above board as far as they were concerned. And it was a way to infuse money from Fred to Donald Trump. And obviously it didn't work. Uh, Donald Trump just put too much on his plate. He, his eyes were too big for his stomach. He thought he could build this fabulous casino. And people told him, they said, look, that's fine. It's beautiful, but you'll never make enough money to pay this back. And he said, no, I know fucking better. And, of course, he didn't because while it was making money like any casino would, 
he had the nut he built to crack that he needed to crack was fucking impossible. So what's he do? He he files bankruptcy as he's done so many times before. Exactly, and uh, I, I lost count. I think seven or eight. But uh, <laughs> I mean, who who else could do that and still be in business of any kind? I, I I can't think of anyone. But I guess once you reach a certain strata. You're too big to fail somehow or other. I don't know. Or they're, they're hoping they'll get some of, uh, some of it back somehow if they keep feeding you. I, I don't understand how it works. Uh, well, maybe you're getting money from Russia. Maybe that's it. Well, I think there's, without question, he's got money from Russia. And apparently that's running out because now he's turning to Saudi Arabia with the $2 billion to Jared Kushner. You know Donald Trump's got his fingers in that fucking pie. No way he'd allow Jared Kushner to get $2 billion without him getting a taste or all of it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, it was done because he was president and they were assuming that he might be reelected or he might be, what you know, he may run again, whatever it may be. They see some benefit in embed. I mean, that's Trump change to uh, the Saudi press. I it mean, is. that's... Two billion, he spends that. Uh, he probably loses that in his sofa cushions every day. But yeah, uh, no, no kidding. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China. And full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. All right, we are back. You're listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. I'm Mike. Ed is here with us. And, uh, of course, the big news story, the one we've been talking about all the time, is this attempt at overturning Roe v. Wade by the Supreme Court and the Republican Party. That is in our face uh, the Senate, uh, uh, Schumer, the uh, leader in the U.S. Senate, is is going to put up a vote to try to codify Roe v. Wade. Now, many of you will be listening to this after the vote happens, so we're speculating on what will happen, but we know pretty much what's going to happen. Yeah, we would guess that it's going to fail. Uh, there may be a couple of conservative Democrats who will not vote for it. Uh, there we might be surprised and find a couple of Republicans who will vote for it. We don't know. But chances of it passing are probably uh, tenuous at best. We, we don't know. We could be fooled. Well, see, the, the, the thing is, in order for it to pass the first time through, it's got to get 60 votes. So presumably right. that would be 50 Democrats, but not really, uh, and 10 Republicans. But, of course, that won't work. That's not going to happen because Republicans don't care about what's right or what's good for the country. They only care about owning the Democrats. So the next step is to try to carve out the filibuster so that you all now only need a simple majority of 51 votes, which would mean 50 Democrats, and uh, Kamala Harris to break the tie. Unfortunately, we know that uh, Joe Manchin, who is technically a Democrat, does not like helping the middle class and apparently isn't a fan 
of uh, women's constitutional rights because from what he said, he will not vote for it. So if he doesn't vote for it, no Republicans vote for um, cutting out the uh, filibuster, then it's just not going to pass. And you can bet, even if there were some Republicans that voted to codify it, they did it mainly because they know it wasn't going to go through and they just want to look good or make it look like they've tried. Uh, but when it comes to the filibuster, they aren't going to vote to carve out the filibuster. So the likelihood of this passing is so slim, it's ridiculous. Yeah, Susan Collins won't vote for the, to uh, cancel filibuster, but she might vote uh, to uh, to codify. Because, as you say, um, I'm not sure about Lisa Murkowski. She's another possible one and maybe a couple of others, but certainly not 10. So no. uh, they they might let them. Uh, I mean, Mitch McConnell might say, vote, vote whatever you want to do, as long as we don't have 10 people you know, voting for it. Uh, we don't care. Well, it's uh, not even 10. It's 11 yeah, because we right. know Manchin's not going to vote for it. So you get 49 Democrats. Now we need 11 Republicans to codify Roe v. Wade. That's just not going to fucking happen. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm surprised. I would think the gov- the uh, Republicans would want the issue more than they would want uh, the uh, uh, abor- abortion to be outlawed because it's been such a great cash cow for them. But uh, but you never know. Maybe they think it's the you know it will be an ongoing thing. They look, we're the ones who ended abortion. Maybe they think that'll work as well. A, a couple of things I wanted to throw out about that though. Uh, that's the. Uh, Alito brief uh, that was leaked. Of course, the Republicans are screaming it had to be a liberal, and the, the liberals are saying, "No, I was probably a Republican." And I think we may even have talked about already why it yeah, could we be did. E- either one. Uh, there is a footnote there from uh, Amy Coney Barrett saying uh, uh, that um, they need to have a, a reliable supply of infants for adoption. Yeah, what the fuck does that mean? (laughs) We know she had to go to Haiti to adopt a couple of her kids, and and I don't fault her for that. I I I applaud anyone who adopts anyone from anywhere, but uh, that seems to smack of saying you know there are childless couples, uh, mostly rich and white, who want white babies, and this would give us the supply. That's what I'm reading in there. Uh, Just just to take note of that. That, that just really rubs me wrong to have that reliable supply line in there. The, the other thing was uh, Alito refers to uh, a particular English jurist who called abortion murder, and his name was uh, Matthew Hale. Uh, what he, I, I can't believe they used this comment. I guess they was the only one they could find historically or something, but it's very sloppy because Matthew Hale turns out to be a judge who also condemned at least two women to be killed for witchcraft. Yeah. And uh, uh, he obviously believed that uh, witchcraft happened and that women were guilty of it and they should die. And that, that, that kind of resonates to me with the whole idea of punishing women for having abortions or making the fetus worth more than the mother's life. Uh, it, it, it really kind of dovetails there pretty significantly for me that uh, if you're willing to have a woman burned at the stake or hanged or whatever they did for an imaginary offense, 
then are you going to be reluctant at all to do something similar when they have a, what they consider a real offense? Um, I think it, it was a huge mistake on their part to put that in there. And I think we need to point that out, that this, this is the kind of thinking that goes along with banning abortion. It's saying to a mother, you're only valuable as a, a producer of something for someone else. Yeah, you're a vessel for the important white men to bring in more white men or white women for that matter. And you're nothing more than a than a tool of white men, which which is is amazing. Like you say, they put this in their opinion. Now, they they weren't expecting all of us to see it, but. But now we have, and now we can't unsee that. I mean, who, who, anybody references something 300, 400 years old to determine what's right for today? Uh, you and I wouldn't do that. A fucking Supreme Court justice doing that? You would expect he'd be brighter than that. He would have a better argument for that. But if that's the best he can come up with, well, he's fucking either dumb or he's just trying to game the situation to get what he wants. It's, it's very sloppy, and it speaks ill of him and also his law clerks. And it tells me that this was never expected to be the brief that they would come up with in the end, because it is so sloppy. And uh, it, it, it reveals to me, at least, that uh, uh, this was the beginning argument. And then they were going to get a brief back from uh, uh, Sotomayor or someone else that would be equally as extreme on the left side, let's say. And then they would go back and forth and back and forth until they would finally hammer out something that would either say, yeah, 15 weeks is going to be the new limit on abortions and 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 just leave everything else in place. That's what I think they had in mind. But now, uh, that, now that that's been released, it's going to be very, very, very difficult to do any kind of horse trading, it would seem to me. Oh, I would think so. I mean, I think that was the intent for releasing it. Uh, I think they felt like one of the justices was going to back out, maybe two of the justices going to back out, and this was released by a conservative just to fucking hamstring them. Because, you know, they don't, they were deciding, I don't really want to be attached to it. Well, they made the choice for it. They put it out. Now they're fucking attached. Now there's no reason to change up or back up, back off, because they've already blown their wad. They are exposed as being connected to this, so they can't save themselves anymore. It's it's weird because it sounds like, you know, what we're seeing from the Republican Party in this draft, it sounds like, okay, we start from an evil premise Mm-hmm. And then we go back and forth and we have draft after draft and we negotiate and we just polish up and smooth over this evil intent. We just make it sound better, but it's the same shit. The other thing that Alito did during the comments when they were uh, were litigating this, when you know they had both sides uh, giving arguments before them, uh, he kept asking, is, the, is abortion deeply rooted in uh, American history. He asked that question, and it shows up again in his brief that it's not deeply rooted in American history. Yet he goes back to England right. to, to get a comment from this guy to say abortion is murder. And this is where it gets really sloppy, 
Because if you read the guy's comment, he said it, it's murder when the child is quick and quick or quickening in English common law means you can detect movement in the womb. That's what quickening is. And that at that time, when this guy was making this statement, that was the standard. Quickening was the standard. Now, that's 16 to 22 weeks, I believe, and that's using modern instruments. What they're talking about, it was probably six or seven months at the time when when uh, the baby's kicking, when you can see movement in the mother's stomach. You know, you're a father. You know when that comes in, right? You remember yeah. when you first saw, oh, I felt the baby moved. Feel this. Yeah, I'm exactly. Sure that happened. Well, exactly. Uh, you so know, now this tells me though that it is deeply rooted. Even even Roe versus Wade is fifty years old. That's one fifth of the country's time. Yeah. Right. Right. And and the other thing is what people forget: the Constitution didn't come along in seventeen seventy six. It took many years to hammer out the Constitution, and in all of that time, what was in force? English common law. That's what. It took a long time to build up American jurisprudence and the, and the body of laws we have now, most of which we don't enforce. Uh, but that's what was happening then, and that's what they had in mind when the, when they put the Constitution in place, the quickening. That's what's in deeply rooted in American history. Right. Yeah, it, Take it, that, Mr. Alito, in your face. You know, <laughs> what's happening here, though, is is – the Supreme Court is very sensitive about how people perceive them. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they perceive them as partisan and these people get all butthurt about it, but they act partisan. You know, the, the, the ignorant, we've always looked up to the Supreme Court. Do you ever notice that in all our lives, did we ever really focus on what was going on in the Supreme Court? It just happened. We just assumed that they were smart in doing what they were doing. Half of us didn't know who the justices were or the chief justice was, for that matter, unless we read it in the paper. And now they're under a microscope. And what we're finding out there, they're, they're uh, a little suspect. They're not maybe as bright as we gave them credit for. They're certainly not as good and, and just as we gave them credit for. And now the Supreme Court has a problem. Now they're under that microscope and people are questioning the things they have and they've done. So that affects the credibility and the legitimacy of the court. And once you've done that, the court is worthless and and people are saying, well, we're afraid this could hurt the court. Fuck that. The court is already damaged. The court is already destroyed. We got to come up with some way to fix this whole situation because whatever's going on now ain't fucking working. The court is not going to come out of this as it is. I no, do not believe no. we'll come out with nine justices and uh, that it will either be expanded. There will be term limits put in place or age limits. Something is going to change here. Uh, I can pretty much guarantee it. The latest thing I heard, too, was that it was Clarence Thomas who was pushing to outlaw Roe v. Wade. Nobody mm-hmm. else. And then he talked Alito into writing this uh, particular uh, uh, brief uh, to begin with. But it was his push. And, oh, I don't uh, doubt it. Obviously, we'll, he's, a, he's a radical right guy. I mean, he's fucking married to uh, an insurrectionist. 
Yeah. He's obviously the radical guy. He should have never been. Um, who, who said this? Nancy Pelosi said this. Do you think uh, they said, do you think something should be done or should uh, Clarence Thomas should have been impeached? And Nancy Pelosi says, I don't think he ever should have been appointed. And she's yeah. absolutely right. There's no way, no reason he should be appointed. Well, this is the thing. We're stuck with him at the moment. Uh, he seems to be the one to be the most vocal about worrying that the court is being denigrated in people's minds. But uh, I, I, sorry, you uh, you uh, you've earned it, uh, yeah. Clarence. You really have. And it has nothing to do with his race or anything else, although I'm sure he would claim it does. Yeah. Um, but uh, the very things they're arguing would also dissolve his marriage. I mean, if there is no right to privacy, which seems to be the central argument here, that um, that's the same thing. They, uh, the loving decision was based on that as well. So right. was uh, you know, same-sex marriage. So was uh, um, a birth control for people who uh, married and unmarried. Uh, it's all tied in together. So he's he's treading some very dangerous ground for his own marriage here. Right. The, 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 he's treading some ground, but he's above it all, of course. I saw some guy on TikTok, and he made a brilliant statement, and I've repeated it a couple times. wish I could remember his name. I don't, but this wasn't my original thought. Um, he said, you know, what you said about the abortion thing, it's about a right to privacy, right? And people will talk about gay marriage, and they'll talk about LGBTQ and stuff. But there's another place where right to privacy comes into play that the Republicans aren't thinking about. And that is a national registration for gun owners. Boom. Now, now, now they, <laughs> they fought this. They don't want a national registration for gun owners. And their argument was right to privacy. So it's conceivable that while they're going to try to get what they want, at some point they're going to lose a lot of shit based on the precedents they set. Exactly. Uh, when it comes to the law, the law in you know large uh, letters, uh, it's 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 depends on what's in fashion at the time. Right. When you come right down to it, anything can be changed. We know that. We see that, and often it needs to be. Uh, when the country started out, rich white men got to vote. Forget about it, women. Forget about it, minorities. Forget about it if you're a guy who can't afford to buy property. You don't get to vote. That right. needed to be changed. We changed it. Own somebody else? Sure, why not? Own as many as you want. That needed to be changed. We changed it. Often, there needs. that's why we have the process for amendments. Now, originally, I think what the Founding Fathers had in mind was that the states would be the, the, the cauldron for this, that... Uh, You'd have to get the state legislatures to uh, all agree on an amendment and then it would pass. And uh, since I can't give you the exact date, but we've been letting the court do that right. uh, for some time now. And, and uh, I don't think the founding fathers ever realized or thought or even imagined that we would have 50 states for one thing. Right. Uh, or that they would be uh, there would be that many state legislatures that would be um, a part of the process. Nor I don't think when they set up the Senate that they realized that they would 
uh, every state would have two senators. And a lot of those states, the senators would be mostly representing cow chips and prairie dogs because there's very few people in them and give them equal weight. So there's a lot of problems. There are things that need to be changed. But uh, uh, we've we've been loosey goosey with the original concept. And and uh, but they always go back and well say that's not what the founders intended. Well, I don't really care what the founders intended. Uh, I care about what we're doing now, and it has to reflect our time. We've been changing the Constitution by increments for a couple of hundred years now, and we'll continue to do it. We just what we should be looking at is how does this work for the most people? What is the greatest good for the most people? And I don't think you can go wrong if you do that. No, you know, the whole point of having amendments in the Constitution suggests that we can't stick stringently to what the founders said. Situation change, peoples change, and that's why we have amendments. We have have these amendments to adjust what we have in the Constitution so it's more appropriate for the day and age and the people we are in the middle of. I don't know if you heard this. there's some talk about another FBI investigation into Brett Kavanaugh. Uh-huh. I'm what, hearing that. What they're, what they're saying is that the FBI uh, investigation was pretty much a sham. You know, it's supposed to go through a certain process. But what happened was, because Donald Trump controlled the FBI, which is what he shouldn't do, uh, when the investigation was done, the findings in that investigation were sent to the White House. Yep. And then it was dealt with at that point. So anything that was found was hidden or 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 uh, not mentioned, and that's how Brett Kavanaugh got in. And if, in fact, that is true, and we'll probably find some of this out with the January 6th committee and all the investigations into the Oval Office, if they do that, people are suggesting we need a complete and new investigation. There's a, there's a guy, uh, a senator, who I fucking love. He's a Democrat. His name is Whitehouse. Have you seen him? Yes. Yes. That fucker is brilliant. I would love to see him as president of the United States. Unfortunately, he's an old white man, so that kind of goes against what I want. But that may happen. You know, once they start opening up the Pandora's box, a lot of it's going to come back in their face. People like Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett, they're going to be looked at under a microscope. And as you say, there may very well be some changes in the Supreme Court. There almost has to be. Well, one would hope. You know what all three of the ones that Trump appointed have in common? They all They all worked for when the Bush-Gore right. uh, deal happened uh, they all were on the bush team of course so they they became uh, they've been around for a long time believe it or not of course they were you know minor functionaries but still they were part of that and uh, they were you know handpicked by the federalist society the heritage foundation whoever did it certainly it was not trump you know he had no expertise in in it and uh, he just took whoever they said you know send me who you want and i'll put them in you know, that's what happened there. These are not distinguished jurists by no. any stretch of the imagination. No, they're not. And that's one point that this uh, Sheldon Whitehouse pointed out is we're getting now nominees to the Supreme Court that are backed and funded by 
these right-wing organizations. They pick and choose who's supposed to be there, send them to the president. The president puts a stamp on it and puts them up. That's not how this country was supposed to work. Individual organizations were not supposed to have control over who sat on the Supreme Court. Exactly. But look at the Democrats' latest nomination. I don't think there's ever been uh, a more qualified person than Judge Jackson. Absolutely not. She's done more things, had more experience than anybody who's ever been nominated for the Supreme Court. Uh, I, I, I said before, as time goes on and times change and she spends some time on the court, I would not be surprised if she ended up being the chief justice. Oh, I'm, I can almost guarantee it. And, uh, you know, what could they come up against her? They used the Putin offense. They accused her of being soft on pedophiles what he's been using since the beginning of his career, that the Republicans have adopted whole hog now. That's all they could come up with, and uh, that's despicable. It is despicable, and the reason they come up with that, because they think that's, in their mind, it's the worst crime, so we'll just use that. It's the most despicable crime, we will use that. And, you know, it, it, it's frightening that we're in a, in a government right now where people can um, slander you, without any kind of uh, accountability for it. And, you know, it's it's a story I heard. Um, uh, somebody was talking about uh, Australian journalism. This was years and years ago. Yeah. And, and, you know, they asked leading questions. And you'd get off the airplane, you'd be a star, and they'd say, so have you quit beating your wife as yet? Yes. Uh yeah, no, no, I don't beat my, you know, it's like trying to make the story and trying to put it out in the ether to see what sticks. And then they come up with these bullshit ways to support it that are all completely lies. And a group of the stupid will, 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 will believe it and maybe not enough to do anything, but it's out there in the ether. If you say a name, um, uh, like Katanji Brown Jackson, uh, because it's out there and been there so much, whether you believe it or not, that that whole thing comes to mind. Oh, they don't like her because they think she's soft on on pedophiles. That should not even be in the fucking mindset when you talk about Katanji Brown Jackson. But they 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 put that seed in everybody's mind, whether they believe it or not. That's the uh, the Tucker Carlson method, I call it, asking questions you already know the answer to, which is usually no. But just by asking the question, you put that in someone's mind. For, for example, is Katanji Jackson a pedophile? Can't we ask the question? Yeah. So that, that puts it out there. You haven't called her one. You're just asking if she might be, you right. see. And they, he does that with every frigging thing, every issue. It's always the question to which you already know the answer. Uh, and it's always no, and it's always bullshit, but he still instills it in the mind of his followers that it's a fact. It is, and I, I've always thought of a good tagline for Tucker Carlson is, Tucker Carlson, manipulating simple minds. 
Exactly. Which is exactly Perfect. what he's doing. Yeah. You know, he's found his niche and they are the dumb and they are the radical and uh, he's just going to feed off them. He's making tons of money doing it. So why would he quit? Has nothing to do with what's true or what's what's righteous uh, or what's good for the country. It's what's good for Tucker. And these dumb fucks don't have an idea that that's happening. Well, it's a fox in general, as simple minds want to know, but they all have this uh, this technique they use. Hannity's is always uh, the whataboutism or uh, a diversion. Uh, if, if I say Donald Trump is not brilliant, well, what about Joe Biden? I mean, he stutters and he I mean, you're you're immediately off topic and you're having to defend against what he's saying. It's the technique use he uses all the time and sort of slapping him upside of the head, which I advocate. Uh, there's not many ways to deal with it because it just devolves into a word salad with people yelling back and forth at one another. But he's got his aim. He's got it in there. The last thing people heard was Joe Biden stutters, and that's what they're stuck with. So it's an effective technique, but it's only a technique. And it's anti-intellectual, and only bozos are fooled by it. It's an effective technique only because the people in the media allow it to be. Now, if somebody, if I'm talking to somebody and they, uh, a comment is made about the intellect of uh, Donald Trump, and I ask a question about that, and they say, yeah, but what about Joe Biden? I would say to them, as a, as a journalist, if I was talking to them, I would say, fair enough. I'm happy to answer that. You answer my question, then I'll answer your question. They don't want to fucking do that. They don't even want to talk about it. They can't address it. They want to say Katanji Brown or Joe Biden are pedophiles. But when you say to them, well, please explain to me why there's a lawsuit where Donald Trump is a co-defendant with Jeffrey Epstein regarding the rape of a 13-year-old child. You have no evidence of Joe Biden, but here is clear evidence about Donald Trump. Please address that. They won't do it. They'll spin it off. But somebody needs to keep pushing them on this to the point of embarrassment. But there is no media outlet, right, left, or otherwise, that will fucking do that. They never press these people. Exactly. And uh, I don't know if we mentioned this last time or not, but uh, the Republicans are now refusing uh, to let to let their uh, presidential candidate debate. Uh, they've pulled out of the organization that staged the, the debates because they claim they didn't get a fair shake. What they mean is it wasn't stacked in their favor. Right. Uh, they had you know, they had Fox News. Granted, they did take they did pick the most quote liberal member of fox news to be the uh the moderator there but he was fair straight up and down and uh, um chris wallace chris and wallace, uh, yeah. and he uh he was just as hard on joe biden as he was on uh, uh donald trump um but all the other uh, uh trump would refuse to to follow the rules for one thing Constantly right. interrupted, went over time, just became just behaved like a fool. But and and it made him look bad, and it cost him points. I'm sure, absolutely, because of the way he behaved. So they don't want that. They don't want uh, their candidate to be exposed to, to number one, like what George Bush showed that he was an idiot, or with uh, um, and and 
it works both ways. I think Al Gore lost the election because of his performance in the debates, too, because uh, he was officious and, and doing kind of the same sort of thing that, that Trump did. He certainly did that when uh, when he debated uh, uh, who was the older guy, the, the IBM Texas guy who was against NAFTA. Uh, he was a third party candidate with uh, oh, Clinton yeah. Bush. Yeah, I, know uh, I can't think. About. You know who I'm talking about, little, right? Uh, little skinny guy that they always made fun of on TV. What the fuck is his name? I want to say yeah. Percy, but it's not Percy. No, um, but um, uh, he was actually a decent guy, a businessman, and so forth. And he was very much against NAFTA. Guess what? He turned out to be exactly fucking right. Right. Um, right exactly. But but he he drew enough. Uh, people from george bush that clinton won so so it was important uh that he was in that race but uh, al gore was treated him very badly at the debate and it pissed me off uh, I, I was not a fan of the guy at the time but like i say he turned out to be exactly right about nafta well i think in terms of the debates too, the other big issue why they don't want to be in the debates because there's a lot of information coming out a lot of evidence about January 6th, about corruption, about criminality. They don't want to be standing in front of a crowd in a large television audience and saying, well, this is what you said on this audio tape. What did you really mean? There's no way for them to answer that. So, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you're a little kid and you get in trouble. You just want to avoid mom and dad because you don't want to answer the questions because you know you were fucking wrong. And yep. and it's the same thing here. They can't do anything but look bad in a debate. So instead, they're going to ignore the debate because we don't get treated fairly. The unfortunate thing is what they should do with that debate is put it up for an hour and let these Democrats say speak their mind. I mean, the option is there for the Republicans to come. If they don't, uh, it's going to hurt them by not joining in the debates. Debates have a big bearing on, on how the election goes. And absolutely, they do. And, and you, it, gives the, it gives the opposition the chance to bring up Rick Scott's agenda. Right. And say, uh, here's the guy who's in charge of getting people elected to the Senate for your party. And he's saying he wants to raise taxes on uh, people who make very little money. So they have some skin in the game. And he wants to sunset most federal po programs and have to reauthorize them after five years. Defend that. And of course, they can't. Well, yeah, exactly. And I've talked about this in a TikTok and even in the podcast. What he wants to do with Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, those types of things is to readdress those things every five years to see if we still need to do them. The unfortunate thing and the thing I'm sure he can't answer is I'm getting Social Security because I paid into Social Security. I have a I have a note that says exactly how much I paid into Social Security and how much my employer paid in. So it's not like a benefit. It's not it's not something that's just given to me. I earned it. I paid for it. And now you want to try to sunset it. There can't be any Republicans that would support that. Well, I think there's more than you would think because they want to get rid of the employer contribution. By the way, Ross Perot is the guy I was talking about. Right, Ross Perot. Fin finally came into my head. Uh, what their counter to what you just said would be is that 
Social Security was never meant to be a savings account. It's a tax. It's a tax like any other, and it doesn't give you any specific benefit. Uh, we were taxing you to pay the benefits of the people that uh, were ahead of you. And, uh, well, um, that doesn't guarantee that you're going to get jack squat um, because the, uh, the, the, co- the contributors, the uh, people you work for, their contributions, they don't get anything for that. Right. Uh, so it's a wash. See you around. They would argue that. I don't they think would. That that's would bullshit. Work. I, and that's I not know what it's would... bullshit, but that's what they would argue. I've heard it before from uh, uh, from some uh, conservative uh, quarters. So I know that's what their argument would be. Yeah. Well, then we should. Then what we do is we tax the uh, rich and uh, help the people that are retired. Because you know, here's the fucking thing about this: if you don't give people social security that they've earned, they're going to be broke and they're going to be poor. And guess what? The government's going to have to give them fucking money anyway. So why not do it this way? It's like you know, the the, the whole thing is 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 like with healthcare. If I'm sick and I can't afford health care, I'm going to go to the doctor, go to the hospital. Somebody's going to pay for it, the county, the fucking state, maybe the federal government. Who knows? But it's better to have in line where people can afford to pay for it than the government ultimately having to pay for it anyway. Well, this is true, but, you know, there's a benefit of being my age in that I, uh, I, I kind of sat at my grandfather's knee and I learned what happened before Social Security. Uh, every county in the U.S., or most of them anyway, had what was called a poor farm. And uh, when folks got too old or uh, to work a regular job or uh, um, they were just poverty-stricken, had no place to go, were homeless and so forth, uh, they could go to the poor farm, which was uh, just terrible, terrible uh, uh, facilities. Uh, food was uh, disgusting. I mean, we're talking prison like you know gruel and that sort of thing and they probably didn't last very long but that was the social safety net at the time and that's why people had big families so uh, if you had eight kids there's a good chance one of them would take care of you when you got old and um, so they would love to see that again i don't think people realize just how nefarious uh, the republican leadership really is that's their goal they want to get rid of all of the social safety net that was put in place by Roosevelt and, and the people after him. Uh, anything that uh, uh, that is uh, smacks of, quote, socialism, they right. want that gone completely. They want you dependent to- totally on what you're able to make and save in your lifetime. No safety net. And uh, they, will, of course, will keep wages as low as possible. No minimum wage. They'll just do away with that in, in, entirely. Uh, Seven thirty-five. Forget that. You're working for two thirty-five. If I feel like it. Right. Uh, I mean, this is uh, this is what they're aiming for. They want to turn the clock back to the eighteen nineties, big time. But here's the thing with the the minimum wage thing. They always say leave it to the free market. Well, now they're fucking eating shit because the free market is saying we don't have enough people to work, so now we have to pay people more. This may be a better outcome than having the minimum wage. These fuckers have to know that if you want to run a company, you're going to need people, and people are hard to come by now, so you're going to need to have to fucking pay them, so suck on that. You know, what they're basically trying to create and what they've always been trying to create is 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 a classification of serfs you yes. know 
people that just don't have any money, don't do anything. They're a little more than cattle, and they use them for what they can use them for. In other words, than that, they don't give a fuck. Well, exactly. And um, uh, I don't know. We talked about The Handmaid's Tale a little bit. And one of the things that the women who are not fertile but aren't rich, are, they're sent to these uh, to do the work that will eventually kill them because of radiation. Uh, that's no different than working in a coal mine. No, hell it, no. It's exactly the same thing, and I'm sure that's probably what she had uh, in mind when when she wrote that. And, and many other industries are that way. You know the people in them are suffering. Um, asbestos, for example, uh, the people that manufactured asbestos died because of it. Coal mines, same thing. But they don't care. They need the serfs to do that kind of work so they can get really, really rich and uh, build great mansions that uh, the serfs can only look at and marvel. That's, right. That is exactly what they have in mind. Back and the per- to the Gilded Age. The yeah. perfect illustration of that is Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin's a representative from West Virginia. He keeps getting voted in. He People love him down there. They keep voting him in, even though he's a Democrat in a Republican state. But his son owns, or he owns, or somebody owns a coal mining company. And every year, between his wife and he, they get about a million dollars just handed to them because of what is connected to. Uh, how he's connected to the, this coal company. And that's why he doesn't like green energy. And that's why he's sitting on the energy board. He might even be the chairman. What the yeah. fuck? Wrong guy to have there. And he's supporting coal. And, you know, if you're going to support coal, let's support fucking blacksmiths. Let, let, <laughs> let's support all these fucks from ancient times. It's time to move on. We're clearly dealing with climate change. So coal's not the answer. Oil's not the answer. We need it for now, but we need to make that change in order to save the fucking planet. Well, Joe Manchin's daughter also is the one, her company is the one who upped the cost of an EpiPen by about $700. So those ac- the acorn didn't fall far from a tree with either his son or daughter. The other thing, we keep hearing about the minimum wage should be $15. The minimum wage should be $15. And, and they're just doing that because it's selling short. The minimum wage should be about twenty two fifty. Absolutely. If you, if you look at productivity and so forth and uh, the way everything else has increased, it should be about twenty two fifty, And that would allow uh, a, a mother and a father to uh, to live on one income. It would allow them to have a house and a car and everything that my parents had on a similar income. Um, it's It's been artificially held down ever since the Reagan era. Everything else has gone up except wages. It's time they went up, too. And you know what happened the last time that happened? We had the 1950s and early 60s, the biggest expansion in the nation's history. That's what happened. Exactly. You know, I mean, if you gave everybody $15 minimum wage, that's the bottom. That's what they get. That factors into 32,000, what is it, 32,900 or something like that. Yeah. That's well below poverty. $50,000, they're saying, is at poverty level. So you're, you're paying them still poverty wages and you're still grousing at that. Um, here, here's my contention. They'd always say, if we raise the minimum wage, everything will go up and, uh, uh, people won't be able to afford things. People won't be able to stay in business. I say look at it from a different side. If you pay people more money, 
guess what? They buy more shit. And as they buy more shit, is that not good for this economy and good for the companies? They're so fucking short-sighted, they, they just think, I don't want anything coming out of my pocket. Look beyond the end of your nose. Let's stir things up with the middle class. Those are the ones buying all the shit. Those are the ones paying most of the taxes. You give them more money, they pay more taxes, they buy more shit. It's simple. It's exactly right. Income uh, or prosperity trickles up. It never trickles down. That's what happens. You give people more money or you allow them to earn more money. We're not giving anybody anything. You allow them to earn more money and keep more of it by keeping their taxes low, raising the taxes on the billionaires. That's what Clinton did. He turned the economy around. We were in recession with George Bush, uh, the first, and uh, he raised taxes on the wealthy and eradicated the deficit. Uh, same thing. Uh, George Bush II comes in, starts a bunch of wars and uh, cuts taxes at the same time, plunges us into a great recession. Obama comes in, raises taxes on the wealthy and tweaks a few other things. And here we have prosperity again, which Donald Trump then rode for four years before he was able to trash it. Right. He did nothing to improve the economy, not one damn thing. All he did was was cut taxes on corporations and the rich, which reduced revenue and screwed everything up. Absolutely. Well, we're running real long here, Ed. We're gone longer than we normally go. And, and to be perfectly honest, we could sit here for another hour and just keep rattling, rattling on. But uh, Ed will be back, of course. Uh, you know, We were talking maybe Friday. We'll see how that yeah. works out. Um, but I want to thank everybody for spending time and taking the time to listen. I appreciate more than anything, you know, in this world, there's so many things you can get information from. And for you to set aside an hour to actually listen to me or me and Ed is much appreciated. It's, it, it is a gift of sorts because there's a lot of people out there talking that nobody listens to. So I appreciate this opportunity. Uh, thanks to Ed for stopping in as he does. Uh, we always have a good time when we talk, a robust round of conversation, if you will. Yes, indeed. And uh, so I hope all you folks have a great day. We've got more Rational Boomer podcasts coming up all the time. We've got the daily one, and we've got Ed coming in a few times a week. So be sure to be on the lookout for it. And I want you to do one thing for me. If we want to accomplish something and if we want to um, make a difference in this country, I want you to... Uh, suggest this podcast to other people because the numbers of people isn't going to make me richer. I'm not really making any money off of this at all. The fact is the more people we come together of a like mind, the more power, the louder voice we have. So be sure to tell other folks about it if, you know, if they're, if they're appropriate for this kind of show. Anyway, have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.